Hello once again and welcome to a marvellous episode of the Screen Blend Podcast. My name is Connor McKenzie. As always, with me, left and right, not in the state, but with me as always, is Will Cutts and Jack Mason. How are we, boys? Well, I'm a little sunburnt. What's kind of a bit of a pain in the ass, the fact that it's May and I'm sunburnt. As you can probably see, guys, if you're watching um, on various forms, I'm having a bit of water just to make sure I'm hydrated. Uh, I was in the sun for about two hours today. And it was hot in Adelaide, but it was probably like only 18 degrees, so it still shows that my skin is stuffed. But yeah, that's it. That's probably why I'm a little red. I'm not flushed from talking to you, boys. Oh, we, come on. <laughs> we do video content now, Will, so uh, yeah. it might be on TikTok. You should, didn't put your face on. No, well, this or is you the, put too much face on. Nah, it's the problem. Like, in the end, I wasn't expecting to be out in the sun. And if I am now, still even in the middle of winter, I'll put sunscreen on. Didn't have any, didn't bother... And it's just sitting there now, and it's a pain in the ass. So, yeah, as everyone says, I feel like you need a, a wake-up call every sort of year with a bit of sunburn for two hours, and you're like, nah, need to make sure I do it next time. So, no excuses. So, yeah, how are you, Jad? If anything, I'm jealous. Oh, really? Why? Because it's been raining and shit over here. Well, that's the problem is it's been no, raining you know. heaps here, so it's the first bit of sun. Ah. What's the most embarrassing thing, mm. again, that the whitest boy around still gets burnt in the middle of winter, essentially? Keeping the dream alive. I know, mm. I know. Jads, apparently Jack, you're not how, feeling did well. Did you get some sun today? I do get some sun. I uh, did a bit of PE with the kids and I might be borderline COVID. So let's just hope uh, hey. no one uses this. Hey. So, uh, yeah, fingers crossed. Rat test negative, but we'll see. It's slowly working its way through the whole cast of our of our show here. Yeah. Although Will's the only one who still had it. Correct. Let's keep, try and keep the streak. Somehow, moving to the most COVID-infested city in Australia, still haven't got it. Mm. I love that. Power, power through, Con. Um, but as, <laughs> no, you, said, as yeah. you said, marvellous, mate. We've got a lot of Marvel chat today, correct? It's it's like the pandemic is over. We've got Marvel, Marvel content coming out of our asses again. Yeah. We've got a... Not only are we going to be talking about the season finale of Moon Knight, which has been unfolding over the past six weeks, but also... The much anticipated Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, which everyone was reasonably hyped for, I guess, yeah. especially coming off Spider Man. Was that the last Marvel movie we got? Spider Man? No. Yes. Yeah. It was. Yeah, that's the last it one. It was? Yeah. Wow, it's been a while. It's been a so, while. So, yes, plenty hmm. to dive into this episode if you're a Marvel stan like us. But first, we're going to, as always, we're going to get into the news, right? Well, an impressive segue, Connor, and an impressive box office for Doctor Strange. We'll obviously talk a lot more about our in-depth sort of review, spoilers and non-spoilers, a bit later in today's episode. Uh, But just talking box office and comparing it to a lot that's been out in the last bit of time, it just crossed over $200 opening weekend in the States. That's uh, including the Monday uh, viewings and it's hit 450 worldwide what is kind of crazy for reference uh black widow was 80 mil plus 60 additional uh this this is american uh numbers so that 200 mil uh comparatively but chang chi at 75 eternal 71 so interesting stuff there it still smashed it getting over 200 we want to talk we'll probably talk a little bit more regarding how the trailers affected the movie a little bit later but i think they did help a little bit i still think this would have made a Good amount of money because it does come off uh, Spider-Man, boys. But that box office is obviously very impressive. I think the 11th highest of all time opening. So still kind of crazy that a Doctor Strange movie does that. And the third highest grossing movie of the year already, five yeah. months in. Mm, so Marvel power. Can't stop it. Yeah. There's nothing to compete with it, though, right now. Because you've got Jurassic World coming out next month. Same for Top Gun Maverick. 
it really doesn't have any competition. And some cinemas I saw in New York, it play like 70 sessions in one day. Yeah. So they're definitely pushing it through and pushing other movies out that are even in cycle right now too. I think that's just because they know they're guaranteed money makers, right? Like yeah. I think I saw one of the cinemas over here had it every half an hour had a session on a like launch day or a couple of days after. So it's pretty nuts. Mm, uh, the the Batman's the highest grossing film so far this year with $767 million. So I feel like Doctor Strange is going to pip that. In like two weeks. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It'll mm. So it'll be number one and then until another Marvel movie dethrones yeah. it or something. Until Thor in July. Yeah, mm. yeah. Well, I, I think to, to that point, Con, they did say the two-hour runtime massively helps this because you can just obviously get like two or three more sessions in a day. Mm. Uh, mm. They, you just whip through them and those those major, the big cinemas can end up doing, yeah, nine, 11 uh, every two-hour increments. It makes, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like, yeah, you can end up making a lot more cash. So that does help. I feel like uh, as we're going to talk because we never spoke about the Thor 4 or trailer, but I feel like that will probably knock it off its pedestal, I think. And that name is a bit higher than Doctor Strange. So you probably don't need to show off a little bit more as we'll talk the trailer-wise. We haven't got gore, but uh, pardon me. That I feel, yeah, Doctor Strange probably showed a bit too much and Kevin did say that. But Thor 4 trailer, boys, it was a couple of weeks ago. We forgot to talk about it. Um, that was interesting. Completely forgot to talk about yeah. it. Yeah. It looks like more Thor Ragnarok, which is not a bad thing yeah. at all. Um it it's, looks like it's very liberally ripping off the comics the the storylines based off the Jason Aaron run which is very good but no it looks looks like more Thor I'm down for that yeah Chad mm, yeah lots more cool no. I think Taika Waititi really wants to jump in this from the sounds of it uh, but Natalie Portman I think she's a welcome again addition after being absent in Ragnarok so I'm kind of keen to see her again. Yeah, yeah, no real surprises in the trailer. We knew everything that was in there mm. so far. Um, it's just there a was the, the, the other thing I kind of noticed is like, well, apart from that, there's been some controversy around it because they're like very clearly ripping shots straight out of the comics, and it's raised that conversation again of artists not getting paid when their work is literally being copied and put on a big screen. Mm. Um, but mm. there was some like yeah, some interesting the special effects in some of these Marvel things are starting to look a little interesting to me and we'll get into that a bit later um i think to that point con it's kind of annoys me sometimes when they start going up about this it's like i get it you made the stuff you also signed your contract at some point maybe marvel give them five if they gave them 50 grand they'd say they want 100 grand if they gave them a million dollars they'd say they want two million dollars because they created this i think you know that's what you're sort of semi getting yourself into i guess as an artist it's more of a pain in the ass if your shot is directly taken but Oh yeah, and that's I think that's the one with this one is that yeah. one of the shots in the trailer was literally like you can see, if you see it side to side it's like pretty much yeah. the exact same shot. So they've mm. not just taken yeah. inspiration from they've pretty much exactly taken the um the shot from. I'll see if I can find a photo of it while we while we discuss just for reference. But yeah, so it's a it's a discussion I think should that needs to be had anyway. Um, yeah, we we'll continue that there, uh, guys. Top Gun Maverick. Uh, Funnily enough, I don't think I've actually seen Top Gun fully the way through, so it's now 100 percent on my list. Like oh, I've watched, really? yeah, but I think <laughs> I've, I've never w- seen it. Yeah, I, I feel like I've seen. I feel like it's a TV Channel 10 one where I've watched parts, but I've never actually watched the whole thing through. So for me, it's on my list. I've got it. It's on Paramount now. Again, everyone's favorite streaming service here in Australia. So I will watch it this weekend. Is my aim because what I'm hearing from this now is. 
Top Gun Maverick could be the best movie of the year and the best movie in years. One, we were never thinking of it. There's some tweets that have come out from various high-profile or basically just verified Twitter people that got to see this today. The full movie was released at CinemaCon a couple of weeks ago when that was on. Um, and so people were sort of hyping it up then. But a couple of quotes here from different people. Top Gun Maverick is, is perfect. I enjoyed every second, every character. It was stunning. I laughed. I cried. Had no business being good. No kidding. This should be nominated for Best Picture, a masterpiece. Uh, so that's one of them there from Roxy Stryer. There's a lot of other sort of tweets going on at the moment. We've got here... Oh my God, this is awesome. This is the best movie. I need to watch this three times now. Um, so everyone's sort of getting to see this in media over the world. Uh, Tom Cruise, I'm looking at some photos. God, he still looks good at his age. But what's our thoughts, guys? Again, Jack, this is one of your most anticipated movies of the year. Oh, I wouldn't go that far. I mean, I love the first Top Gun, but this has been this sequel has just been really dragging on. I think this was originally meant to be released like two years ago, um, or at least a year and a half ago. Uh, but I'm I'm excited. It'd be up there, but I don't think you know the things of Jurassic or Doctor Strange would still kind of push out of the park in terms of like AAA kind of uh, movie releases. I would say. Mm-hmm. Does, does something like a lot of people con putting on after reviews here of people who are obviously the media people and personalities would love to be at some point um, saying this is the best movie of the year or up there with what they've seen is the best so far give you sort of like, wow, I wasn't expecting it to be this good. Now I have to go see it. Or are you going to wait for some more reviews and people to talk about it and then maybe go see? I mean, to word of mouth is always a yeah. big driver. I mean, that's pretty much exactly why I went and saw everything everywhere all at once a couple of weeks ago. So I'm definitely yeah. more interested. I still need to watch the first one. It's on my list and I keep getting yelled at for not having seen it. So I'll get there. And maybe, you know, if someone says, let's go see Top Gun Maverick, I won't say no. I yeah. can't say it's, I'm still super keen for it, but it is very interesting to see how good the reviews are. Yeah. Crazy. So the only thing that's massive in my family is I think the last movie Mom Manda ever actually saw was Top Gun at the cinema. So she is wow. keen to come back and she... <laughs> yeah, no, I'm being serious. She's like, I don't think I've been to the movies like probably maybe once or twice in the last bit of time. And she's like, oh, I'll come to a premiere for this. So I was like, oh, might be a full family affair for the cutters then. Um, that's quick, a bit cute. It is very cute. Uh, and, quick, and me too. And Jackie will be invited also. Um, so in, in the next bit of news, guys, I'll quickly talk because we want to talk Doctor Strange for a fair bit and Moon Knight. But finally, the rumours split between FIFA and EA Sports uh, has happened. It got released today that uh, after FIFA 23... Uh, the name will change to EA Sports FC and FIFA have also come out saying that they will be creating their own game to rival this. Uh, essentially, there's a New York Times article. The Athletic has also put some stuff out on this. So if you want to go read there regarding a bit more behind the scenes of what is going on, uh, essentially it's just FIFA wanted more money for the naming rights and EA already have the rights and licenses to pretty much all the big leagues they already had. So they're not losing anything out of it. They just were going for name and brand recognition. Why they sort of said, well, why don't we just keep doing this? We'll give you your money that you're sort of owed, but you guys don't really do much for us being FIFA. Uh, and we'll keep making the game. It's the best. It's the leading one. Uh, Pez sort of shut down or what do they call that when they went just online? It was like, do any of you remember? E-football. E-football, yeah. yeah. Um, that, fold, yeah. that basically folded pretty much straight away. And I think people forget making a game does not happen overnight. And something like FIFA 
who should be worrying about being the governing body of a sport should just put their name towards something and just take the money, not go, we're going to now try and create a game. Uh, What's not easy, because FIFA was shit and has been shit for a lot of the time, but we all play it. But, like, in the end, a game that's been around... No, but it's been around for 30... (laughs) You do. (laughs) No, but it's been around for 30 years, so it's... Over time, it's got better. I know, like, you could probably just create a game now, but it's not going to be at the same rate. Uh, For you boys, from the outside, this is obviously a bit more of my passion compared to some of the games that you guys play, but... From the outside, how does this sit with you guys? Is like a brand recognition thing also. Oh, it's going to be – it's a big name. Like I was just – I just did a quick Google yeah. then, and you know it's a big deal to a lot of people when like the ABC and yeah. Nine News are writing articles about it because FIFA is one of the most successful game franchises in the world. It brings in billions of dollars a year. And for it to like suddenly have a name change, it's like if they change the Marvel movies' names all of a sudden to like yeah. fabulous – cinematic universe or something yeah. so I, I think the name will go i think people will still call it fifa like yeah. it'll just be that's the shorthand mm. for it right but it is just interesting that um the business side of things is sort of you know it, how much is in a name really and it's, it's funny that this is such a big stout show but essentially just a name chad mm, yes well i think as far as the games go you know i think there will be stronger come you know post 23 uh, but I think, as Connor says, it will always be referred to as FIFA. I think regardless of how many names and spins you can put on it, everyone will always associate this under FIFA. It's been going for too long. Well, I think the funny thing the with... games might improve. Yeah, I think the funny thing with the recognition is people more people know FIFA as the game than FIFA, the actual governing body. What I think was the reason oh, yeah. why they wanted... Obviously, the, as the reason why they wanted their money of going, well, you're using our name, essentially. Um, and... EAFC does have a bit of a ring to it. I can see it sort of happening, but it's similar to the fact of Uber has the monopoly monopoly on car share, ride sharing. doesn't matter if someone else comes in and does better. It's the Netflix that we spoke about last week or the week before that yeah. doesn't matter. Everyone is going to say, oh, what do you got on Netflix at the moment, even if they mean Paramount? No one says that. Uh, so for me, that's where it's going to be the most interesting part. No one goes, let's play the latest soccer game on the PlayStation 5. So, uh, but I think this is going to be really interesting as it goes because all clubs and stuff aren't allowed to discuss this until July 2023. So they all put a post out today. Pretty much every Premier League team, uh, a lot of La Liga, all those sort of guys, the Socceroos did, I think, uh, a post that they've said, we will not like discussions and more news coming July 2023. So I think the awkward thing's always going to be this next year with this next game that we'll release and everyone's got to be happy as Larry. Oh, look, FIFA... EA are together for the next release. Um, here's FIFA 23 coming out, and then they're just going to cut ties. So I don't know if EA are going to put as much effort into this next one. Maybe they'll hold off on some things, but uh, they probably don't want to lose too much money on Ultimate Team and stuff. So, uh, yeah, I yeah, think it's I, an interesting I one. I don't reckon they'd, they wouldn't want to take a big hit on the next one. Like, it's still... Surely that's their like biggest earning game. Yeah. Like, I don't think Madden mm. wouldn't be anywhere near as much. Like, like you said, the ultimate team yeah. thing is interesting. I mean, yeah. uh, you can't rule out that maybe FIFA slash EA comes crawling back as well. I think FIFA said they're going to, they want to look up, they don't want to lock up all the rights with just like one company. So yeah. they're hoping to like spread it out a little bit. Yeah. Um, but, you know, if none of those work, they could come crawling back. Uh, are you saying FIFA crawling back to EA or EA crawling back to FIFA? I feel like FIFA would come back to yeah. EA. I don't think people are going to change games. I think no. FIFA will be the one to need to 
want that cut back. Because uh, uh, to give a brief rundown from my understanding of it is because the players signed the contract with the league, this is like contract ling- lingua of their rights, but it's with the league and their PFA, so their player governing body also. So FIFA actually don't, it's through FIFA Pro, but in the end it's like the players are doing that through their contracts with each league essentially. So it's signed off by so the leagues. Not, so it's not signed off yeah, by the not. teams, if that makes sense. So in the end the player doesn't have a right to now, if their league signed off on it for the next ten years with EA Sports, FIFA mm. could FIFA the FIFA game could also sign that agreement to have it, but it's not like EA Sports FC are now going to be calling Liverpool Merseyside Red. So I think in the end, as us as fans, it's not that scary. So it might yeah. actually help. So yeah, it's interesting. Uh, Square Enix Jack, is this you? Chuck this news in or Connor? I did. Um, so this is a week and a half ago. So Square Enix uh, sold its all its Western studios. Um, so that includes like hits such as Tomb Raider for three hundred million American, um, which seems cheap in comparison bargain. to bargain. Yeah, absolute bargain compared to uh, recent purchases like from Sony and Bungie and all that for billions of dollars. Um, so Square Enix has sold its U.S. headquarters, uh, like Crystal Dynamics, uh, Canada-based studio Edias Montreal, and as well as uh, uh, Square Enix Montreal as well. So, and they've been purchased by a gaming group called Embracer, if that's correct, Connor. Uh, yeah, I hadn't really heard of them before this, but they've been snapping up a bunch of like different studios and stuff like that. I think they just have been purchasing stuff and maintaining the hold on it. Anyway, it's the less important part. Um, but yeah, these are the companies yeah. that make Tomb Raider, that make Deus Ex, I think, is another one. Uh, yeah, the Thief. company that made. Yeah, the company that made the Avengers game as well, yeah. and Guardians of the Galaxy, the, last, the recent Guardians of the Galaxy. What game. a game! So yeah, which yeah, we love. Which, yeah. and I think it's interesting to see it go so cheap. But for a long time, Square Enix has always been like the the guy, the games these guys develop don't make any money. Like they've always been disappointing sales results, and I think they've still done like reasonably well. So I think that's kind of why they've mm. gone for so cheap. But yeah, yeah, it's interesting. And- and I think I've read somewhere as well that Embracer allows a lot of the developers to kind of do what they want. Now they've been purchased, they're not having a strict schedule of what should be released. So if they're currently working on something, I think Embracer will be like, that looks good, just keep working on it, do your own thing. Um, you know, because they've also added 1,100 staff as well and another like 50 other catalogue games uh, to, their, to the company. So I think they're pretty uh, easygoing as a company that's purchased all these other big um, gaming resources. That's good. That's sure. good. But yeah, like it's just mm. another another bloody sale. Another game. What's the next company? Gonna, <laughs> another that's one. going to be bought. That's what I want to know. It's going to be. Yeah, I don't... Oh well, now now all the um apparently the US like government or something are looking into all the mergers that are happening in the games yeah. industry because they're starting to like mm. tighten down on it a little bit more. So some of them yeah. maybe they won't go through. Like maybe Blizzard and Microsoft yeah. won't actually happen. We'll see. Yeah. Ubisoft, I think, is in the sights right now too, I think. You reckon? Okay. okay. Mm. No, I reckon, it's, I reckon it's got to be like Capcom or Konami's got to drop next maybe. Or it'll be some mm. like Like your studio, prediction. But... Yeah. Yeah. Get me the <laughs> predictions because two of mine have already been rubbed out so far, I'm pretty sure. So well, Dr. Anyway. Strange probably rubbed one of mine out. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, speaking of Dr. Ooh, Strange. We should be we careful how our... we're phrasing some of this. Yeah. <laughs> it's getting very strange indeed. Um, but speaking of Doctor Strange, our question of the week is sort of Marvel related as yeah. well, and it ties into a bit of news. Uh, Kevin Feige came out a little while ago and said he and his 
Marvel uh, executive cohort are going to go off and do some retreat and start to figure out the next 10 years of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. You know, not a bad way to spend your working days just thinking about that kind of stuff. Uh, So my question for you guys is, and for everyone at home, is what do you want to see from the MCU over the next 10 years? It could be characters, it could be plot lines, it could be themes, it could be general filmmaking notes, just whatever you reckon. I think to answer this, we'll go prior to the the movie we're going to talk about anyway a a little bit, but I think Kevin Feige said they were planning on doing one of these in 2020 and then COVID hit, so they weren't able to get everyone together because that sort of lines up with the one they did 10 years earlier around. And obviously a lot of things changed prior to that uh, or after that, sorry, um, with the direction they, they went in. Again, like you said, Colin, that sounds like the best retreat ever. Probably a lot of whiteboards and a yeah. lot of comic books of just where they're going to take characters. And wine. Yeah, and a lot of wine. Um, sounds like – wouldn't that just be like some days – I know a lot of people always ask well, everyone what they do as a job. Imagine saying that is your job. Oh, yeah, I'm just at some retreat. Uh, it's probably – You di- get paid like – Squillions and all. Oh, do crazy! Yeah. And I feel like you'd think we'd all think it'd be like Disney or something where, but they'd be like, "That's too obvious." So they'd go, let's say, like the Bahamas or something, can like where no one knows, no one would be able to find who they are because those whiteboards, if they were ever left overnight, like you couldn't leave that stuff overnight, like yeah. in a room because someone was set. Boom! There we go. Um, they go and, yeah, they go and do it in the castle at Disneyland. They yeah. lock off a room on a floor on that and just stay in the castle and just smash it yeah. out. Mm-hmm. Mickey Mouse is the bodyguard. Yeah. yeah I can see it. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, no, but I think to, to your point, Con, I'd love to see – or do we want to talk about this later in the episode and we have a think about it and then go I back on – let's have a think. Let, yeah. it, let it marinate. Yeah. Um, okay. More just so we don't give away anything of also what sort of happened in this next one. Uh, but guys, we're going to yep. talk Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Uh, so we're going to just have a brief conversation, and this will be about anything that we did see in the trailer, um, anything that we knew of the story that came in. And then we will go spoilers and we will make it clear um, about what time the spoilers sort of are because but I th- we can't, yeah. can't guarantee there'll be no spoilers. You Correct. Know? There's a loose warning. Something might slip up. We'll see yeah. how we go. I would prefer – go see the movie and a lot of people have seen it, so I'd say if you're listening to this, you are. Uh, but what's our brief, brief straight-up review, guys? Uh, I think the, the simplest thing – give me 15, 20 seconds, Jad's on. Just were you happy with this? Like – I was happy. It felt a bit generic. I'm not sure whether some fight scenes I found a bit tiresome because we've maybe had too much MCU and too many shows in the last couple of months. Uh, but overall, I liked it. I more or less loved the characters than where some of the story was kind of heading yeah. and what it set up. Uh, but it was just a very middle-tier Marvel film for me. It didn't really stand out like a No Way Home or an Avengers or something on a bigger scale. It was just, just a good old B-tier Marvel yeah. film, and it was fun. Because of that. Can, can I ask you, Con, and I think this ties into your point, Jack, that we can just have B movie, like B Marvel, like we can just get a B, we can get a 7 out of 10 Marvel movie now, and it doesn't have to be the best thing ever. It can just be good quality story for two hours that continues on the universe. I feel like we're going through a bit of a period where everything had to be the best ever, and this might be a bit mm. a better Shang-Chi, but still on the level of this is just a good, really good movie. Yeah, I think it's like, yeah, they don't all have to be successes. And I think one thing that I keep saying, or I keep thinking, is that there isn't actually any bad Marvel movies. No. Like, there are some very fine ones. Like, I watched mm. Thor The Dark World not that long ago, and it was very fine. Yeah. But it's not a bad film by any stretch of the no. imagination. Like, people can enjoy them. So, this is definitely not a bad film. 
it's definitely better than the first Doctor Strange film, which I think is mm. one of my like least favorite one of them. One of the films because it was just so uh, mm. non-original, despite the concept. And this one definitely leans into the weirder side of things that I really mm. wanted from that first film. So it gets really out there, which is cool. And you know, some of the visuals and stuff are great. Um, but I think it is a bit overstuffed. I think there's a bit too much going on for it. So like it tries yeah. to do too much and introduce a lot of concepts. Um, and also it just also some of the scripting is not good. Yeah. It's kind of very cheesy or like, like people don't talk that way in real life kind of thing, but otherwise yeah. entertaining enough. Yeah. I think you've spot on now to guys. I think in, in the end, the scripting is the one that on a second viewing, I think I'll, notice a little bit more because I'm just sort of like in awe at the start of what's going on, trying to keep it ahead of it. But again, I think the new characters are interesting and, and it can just be... Uh, Jack, remember when this podcast started out, we did our top 20 Marvel movies or whatever, or we ranked them. There's just no chance you can ever do that again. I think it's just everything's got to be in tears. And this is just... I was in about the, to say we should do this next time. But yeah, yeah, te- yeah. I like the tears list a bit better. I think you can't rank something as fifth or sixth. It's just got to be in... Like, do you guys... I know I see it more from a sports perspective. There's like the GOAT tier, then there's like top level, then they do those sort of things and you put the photo. It's like, like S and the A. S, yeah. And a, yeah, yeah. Yeah. They do so, for gaming and rankings. Yeah. yeah. So I feel like that's probably more where we're at with something like this now because it's just real solid, continuous um, sort of Marvel action. So uh, Sam Raimi, I thought his direction was good. I sort of forget what he is like as a director until you go firsthand like this is a real Sam Raimi movie. Yeah, which is really cool. Like it actually feels like his movie and I think that's one of the big things that Marvel's been doing with this like phase or whatever. Like they're actually letting their directors yeah. do a bit more of their style, for better or worse. You know, whether you like Eternals or mm. not, this is very clearly a Sam Raimi yeah. film. Although it does feel like it's a bit torn in the middle sometimes. Yeah. Like it seems to, especially the back half of the film versus the front half of the film, are very different. Yeah. Um, mm. And one more thing that before I forget, it's like this is an, a pretty impenetrable Marvel film. Like if you haven't, mm. if you're not caught up with everything, I think you might struggle a little bit. Like I went and saw it with my housemate, and he's not fully up to date with a few things and he was left a bit confused. So I think there's, it's starting to get denser and denser, which depending on your mm. love of Marvel films could be a good thing or a bad thing. Um, to that point, Connor, I a hundred percent agree because I think if you, a couple of people I know saw it with, or like when I saw it uh, has, and he hadn't seen WandaVision and I was trying to explain to him. And after I was like, did you get it? He goes, I got it. That the fact that she has kids now or they're not real or they are real sort of thing. And she has to go find, or she wants to go find them. So I'm like, I get it, but I don't get the context around that I'm sure four hours of television shows me. Um, I think to that point, though, and this is something that I'm really interested to talk about in even another Marvel uh, episode where we talk Marvel is, I feel like this is the most comic book in a respect of you watch this movie, you can sort of get from start to the end. It's like a comic book. You just pick one up and you read it. And it's a story of characters going on a journey. And whereas I think some other Marvel movies have had to, haven't always been like that. I feel like sometimes you pick up a comic book and you go, I presume Doctor Strange is doing this lately. Uh, He's the Sorcerer Supreme. There's his side characters. And we've now got a quest that we have to go on. And over this comic book, we're going to complete this quest. And then the characters sort of stop and we worry about something else a bit later. I feel like because of all the arcs they've been going on, this isn't closed at the end, but I sort of, does that make any sense? It's a bit more just, feels like a comic book in that way Dad's, yeah 100 yeah. percent. it feels like issue like three of a five issue run. yeah you know what i mean like it's smack dab mm. in the middle or it's like issue two like where yeah. it feels like we're jumping into the middle of something and then also there's still a lot more to come 
which, yeah, yeah no, that definitely makes sense. That's a good point. Yeah. Um, mm. So new characters, though. I think America Chavez is, is cool. Introduction. Um, she's bubbly, interesting. I think in the end Wong does well. I was she's sh- fine. Yeah, she's fine. Like, in the yeah. end, you just throw her in. There's a character, like... Yeah, you got to do with it. We get a bit of an idea of her power set pretty quickly. This is what it is, mm. and then we she, just she's fine. I think that's the definition of this new character. Like yeah. she's nothing special. She's a MacGuffin. She doesn't add much. She's there for the sake of making the story a little bit mm. more interesting for Strange because he can't really stand a yeah. whole plot line by himself, and that's why they bring him Wanda too. Yeah, well, I, th- I think there's a reason why Wanda's there as a support character. I think Chavez though plays that role in the comics and. In the end, it's like, well, this is we're just going to throw her in here and now it sort of works. I don't know if we can go too much further without sort of explaining too much that isn't spoilery. Is there any um, other just general story beats that we were happy with or any just sort of general disappointments? Oh, yeah, I've seen this debate sort of popping up and it was in my head when I went and saw it. This is a pretty violent film Oh yeah, like, when you think about it. So mm. if you have kids, I don't know if you, kids, if you have kids and you're listening to this, but it's pretty intense at times. So it's like they sold this as the first horror movie. And while I would say it wasn't, it doesn't go quite that far. Like there's definitely some horror film yeah. elements. It is still mm. pretty gnarly at times. So just yeah. keep that in mind. Yeah. I was shocked how gruesome it was at points. Yeah. Like mm. there, there was points, you know, how he was going to make, you know, add a few horror elements, but there were some legitimate kind of scary moments. Like most psychological yeah. thrillers have. Yeah. I think, it, brutal. I think we, it shows, Marvel hasn't really pushed the MA15 very far or, or the M rating or however it works in America. They haven't really pushed it that far yet and this shows how far it can get pushed because I think this is probably the as best as it can go prior to going to R rating just with the amount of blood, guts, score. Um, and you know what? I kind of like that because as we'll talk about later with some of the scenes, you weren't expecting it. You're like, well, how's the character going to get out of this? It's like, oh, okay. Even if it's a support yeah, character, well, mm. no, I'm, I'm saying more like support. There's a yeah. there's a couple of scenes where it's support characters that you met in the film, and you're like, oh, they'll just survive because it's a Marvel movie. Uh, but yeah, no. so um, yeah, I think uh, the other thing I want to talk before we get into spoilers is our expectations going into this, though. So I, I know one of my predictions for our big uh, yearly predictions episode was uh, Wolverine. I won't say if he's in it or not, but. Our own expectations for this movie, obviously coming off Spider-Man, where if you haven't seen Spider-Man yet, uh, deal with it because all the news is out anyway. All the Spider-Mans arrive and all this sort of stuff. And we're expecting with the word multiverse too, we're going to get cameos. And mm. did our own expectations hinder this where if you actually rocked up with not knowing anything, because I was stressed going through this whole movie, to be honest with you, expecting random things to come up. And I don't know if you should get stressed at a, a film, but... I was expecting random people to pop up and yeah, but it's the expectations. Do we expect too much from them? And was that Marvel's own sort of using the trailers? I know Kevin Feige wasn't happy with the trailers, um, but yeah, do we expect too much from this? It was just a Doctor Strange well, I movie. Think, well, I think if you saw the trailers, then you were a bit disappointed, but I think if you hadn't seen the the trailers you'd be extremely surprised so it's just didn't find that middle ground where if you had seen not saying there wasn't but it was just pulled back in what i originally thought going into the film okay that's fair in terms of those special cameos mm. con yeah it's definitely like a again it's that 
that question we keep asking before every Marvel movie is like, are we to blame for our own super high expectations? Which we are to, a, I mean, to an yeah. extent, but I think mm-hmm. this one was even more overt in teasing some yeah. of the stuff that pops up in the film. Whether or not it delivers on that is, I think, up to personal preference. But I mm. think, yeah, I think the idea of a multiverse now is just people expect big things. I think that's what we've been trained to do. And Marvel's been training mm. us that they just keep getting bigger and bigger. So I, I wasn't disappointed. I think we, I got, we got a few more than I thought we would. Yeah. Like little, mm. neat little throws in there. But eh, it was okay. I think to that yeah. point, 100% con, we're going to have to also appreciate the Marvel movie like a Shang-Chi or a Black Widow at the same point too. What yeah. can just be... Or a Moon Knight that we'll, we'll get a chance to talk about later that can just be a story about characters on Earth and not have to worry yeah, about yeah. a multiversal change to things, whereas the next one won't, maybe Thor won't have that or something else won't have that. What I think is a very interesting concept also in the same respect. Yeah, that's part of, that's a big reason why I quite liked Moon Knight and we'll yeah. go into that a bit later, but I think it's important, like, mm-hmm. these two, this movie and this show are very, like, almost opposites in terms of scale. Mm. In, in regards to Marvel stuff. So I think it's a, an interesting comparison to make. Um, so let's go spoilers now, everyone. Spoilers. Uh, I'm just going to write down the time of spoilers now. Uh, yeah. 33 so. minutes, 15. Check the description. Yeah, check the description. Yeah. Anyway, if you want to skip that. Um, so I love the fact that straight away we all it, this movie just started and it was like, bang, here's Chavez and this other Doctor Strange. Then we go straight to this wedding scene that we don't really need to talk about because there's a lot more interesting stuff. The bad guy that we see in the trailer. No, but I think there is. There's the gooey, one-eyed monster. And then we're straight into this. We're going, we're going. It's it's balls to the wall. It's quick. And then straight up, we find out Wanda's the villain. We all knew it was sort of a thing. But even in my head, too, I'm like, maybe there's going to be another villain or something. But no, she's the main villain. That's it. And she gives away her plan pretty quickly, what I thought was really interesting within like 20 minutes. We're on. Hmm. So fast-paced. That's yeah. the thing I didn't like about that scene is, you know, a lot of the trailers gave the to the point that she might actually be helping Doctor Strange out in this adventure. And there was only really one scene, maybe not even five minutes, where she is playing herself from WandaVision. She is that good person that we know and love as a character. But she's not good and in WandaVision. That scene, <laughs> no, but, you know, it's not to this extent that she is in this film. Like, she turns pretty fast within a, maybe a five-minute scene. Well, I just do we want to know, talk about it, this now? Wanda's arc, sort of thing. We might as well get yeah. straight into it. We're talking about, it. I think, yeah, a lot of it is implied. I think it's like they try mm. and justify it a bit later on when they start talking about the book, the yes. dark hold, or whatever. Like they say, you know, yes. oh, it intensifies bad things, whatever. So, but so at the start, it does feel a little bit sudden. Still, mm. I think it still, I think it still tracks with the arc that she's had. Like, she's yeah. desperate to get her family back, except for Vision, mm. apparently. Like, she doesn't give a shit about Vision yeah. anymore. Yeah, yeah, he's gone. <laughs> he's not mentioned, like, he's mentioned, like, once. Um, but I think it does track. But yeah, it just sort of, they try to explain it a bit after the fact. Yeah. It probably, you know what? Probably the one thing would have been good to start this with was probably like the post credit scene of WandaVision, like, to give us an idea again of, like, because I, from, my understanding of WandaVision at the end is she's still a bad person. She's just decided not to basically keep all these people in the hex, or the thousand people in the town. She's still not a good person anymore, but she's not. Yeah. Beca- and then, so she has bad aspects to her. And she's probably irredeemable at this phase, but she just understands now that, you know, I've got to go by myself now and I've got this book and I'm going to have to learn off it. And like you said, probably needed something at the start again to be 
whether they're looking at the Book of Vashanti and then the Darkhold could have maybe given us another reason or just a reminder that she's on this path and or maybe just even like a timeline to say like not six years, six months after WandaVision or something, but something where it's like she's been reading this for a while, it's taken her over, um, if that kind of makes sense. Like, But I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I do like... Yeah. I do like that they ripped the bandaid off early. Like I think, yeah. uh, to be like I don't, I wasn't really expecting her to be the bad guy. Like I thought there might be some third act twist or yeah. something, or there'd be someone else manipulating mm. her from behind the scenes. But I like that they actually made her the bad guy in this, and sort of didn't keep you like, you know, oh, who is it? Who's the yeah. bad guy? Kind of guessing. I actually like that they sort of go from the top. Jads, can I ask you both a question though? Did you feel any empathy for her character across this film? Because I certainly didn't want vision. But there wasn't a point in this where I thought that I had those same feelings like she's doing this for her kids. I just felt like she was outright evil and didn't really feel, you know, anything for when what happened at the end to her. Um, I feel like in the end of WandaVision, I wasn't a fan of her because okay. I like okay. it, I, I feel like I liked how they left that as more of it was sort of implied that this is supposed to be happy, but she's done all this crazy stuff. So technically she's like an anti-hero at that point because she's won the battle against Agatha, who's who's the real villain, but she's still not completely irredeemable of her actions. So um, if that kind of answers your question, like I I'd sort of I can see the art coming through and at some point they were going to have to make her a villain because, there's, again, her wanting to get her kids, it's sort of like the old thing is we understand what you're doing but it's not the right thing. And I think that's where it plays off the good yin to the yang of Doctor Strange's decisions through all of this. And what seems like Doctor Strange in any universe is like this, where he has to make the hard call and it might not always be the right one. And she's making a hard call what she believes is the best for her and not worrying about anyone else. And that's maybe where she's probably a bit narrow-sided. I don't know. That's my opinion. I think this is where the scripting sort of lets her, lets her down a bit, yeah. like especially a bit with Wanda, because they she just kind of pivots straight into like super villainy yeah. you know she doesn't there is that really good conversation at the start which we've seen in the trailers where she's like you know i do something yeah and i'm the bad guy you do something and you're a hero mm. and i think they needed to get a bit more into that debate rather than her just being like oh you're in the way you know and yeah. more of an empathetic conversation especially from dr strange who i think he's probably the weakest part of the movie yeah all things considered like dr strange is a character i've been doing some reading and stuff around it like and i kind of agree that he's kind of a boring character yeah like his and his arc is one that doesn't really land like that's why he's been a good part in supporting films Perfect. Like, in supporting yeah. as a supporting character in other films because he doesn't need to have much of a character development because that's just who he is but when he's leading the whole film from by himself it, is that kind of why they've surrounded him with all these other characters because they don't really know what to do with him per se I think you've nailed it because that would have been one of my points and I think the problem is you don't you can't name it something else Doctor Strange is technically the lead, and I think when Wanda's or Elizabeth Olsen is excellent, um, like what do you what do you name this movie if it's not you can't really say Wanda because then you can't really name it after the villains. You're going to name it after the hero kind of thing. Um, yeah, I, I think you're spot on though. I think that gets to that point where he's because um, he does ridiculous things too. He's not the nicest person in the world. Um, so yeah, and we and we go through 
kind of the, through the film we follow him as he discovers all the different Doctor Strangers have done terrible things in their respective universes. And, you know, you think, oh, this is a moment where he's going to change and become yeah. a different person. And then essentially at the end, he kind of goes, oh, yeah, I know. I know I'm that. I could do that. Yeah. And then he just goes on with whatever he's doing, you know. So it kind of just throws off any potential character development. And he ends off almost essentially in the same. Like, he, he's moved on from yeah. his past girlfriend, but he ends the movie essentially where he started off, I yeah. think. Um, I, I still think the funny. I saw a tweet. It was like the funniest tweet where it goes like, uh, "Just because Doctor Strange texting, I was texting and driving. We've now discovered the multiverse or something." Oh, like, yeah. You just like <laughs> when it's like simple things. Where it's like that. You go, "What if you just didn't text and drive?" Um, but no, I think you're, you're spot on. He's uh, going from there now. Uh, do we? Do you think the trailers ruined it though? The cameos. Because not we'll talk about the Illuminati scene now. So obviously, then uh, Wanda. Uh, sorry, I want to step one back. The Kamataj scene, I actually think is the most one of the most brutal, as we sort of spoke about before. Brutal MCU scenes because Wanda does go full villain pretty straight away, like you said, Jads, and she just wipes out all of the sorcerers, and not like wipes them out, and then we see it off screen. People are getting like burnt alive, um, and like. Mm decapitated and stuff what's crazy for a marvel movie chads um yeah well i i i think it um they get wiped out very very fast i think and uh, it clearly shows that by she is by far the most powerful avenger yeah like some of the things and some of the people she will kills in this film uh if you told me pride going this movie that uh she would lose against them i would say she would have but in this one she just absolutely decimated all Pretty much all our favorite heroes. Yeah, really easily. Um, Not the cow man. I can't believe yeah. they got rid of the cow man. Or oh, is he alive at the end? I can't remember. I think he might be alive, but I think that's when we first yeah. get a taste of the actual horror elements. As she's sort of going through, uh, like she's using a mirror dimension or some. Like he puts her in the mirror dimension, and then she's using mirrors or using water to get out. There's some freaky scenes in that where you're actually like, well, I'm feeling pretty scared. Like. Um, like what she's going to do. And like, it feels like her body's distorted and stuff as she's getting th- like, this is giving like the ring vibes. Is that fair to say? Yeah. There's, there's a lot of like the ring or the grudge and stuff yeah. in some of the scenes. Yeah. yeah. The visuals, I think the, that's where you start to get a first taste of the visuals yeah. of like how effective they are at sort of conveying tone. And this is where the real spooky elements come through. No, that, that, when she's yeah. crawling through the mirrors and stuff is very, was very cool. And how they like, that yeah. they, as you're saying, that they're using the camera makes, because I can see this being directed by just Joe Bloggs, Marvel director. And that's rude to say Joe <laughs> Bloggs, but, you know, they just, but like just a normal director doesn't have that cinematic style and you wouldn't feel as tense. There were some of those camera movements as they were sort of swinging or spinning in those scenes. I was like, shit, like, uh, this is really has that feeling for the characters. Um, but then obviously after that, they move off and uh, America Chavez, because she can't control her powers, but when she's afraid, she uses it like a typical sort of superhero does. Um, yeah. So, so they use it and they go to what we find out to be, or they go through the multiverse uh, very quickly. What for was interesting, was fine. We saw it in the trailer. Yeah. So and, Some cool shots in there. Uh, like and then the they go universe to... Universe where they paint or something. Yeah. And their cartoons and stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, into the Spider Verse vibes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then we get the idea that they are in the Earth eight three eight universe. Um, so they sort of get captured, uh, sort of thing. Go in front of the Illuminati and the Christine Palmer from that universe. Uh, we find out that they work for the Baxter Foundation. What obviously gets everyone uh, interested that Mister Fantastic will rock up. Uh, and then we find out we're Earth 616, well, obviously is in line with the comics, correct, Connor? That's the sort of main 
uh, line of comics is Earth 616. What has been Correct. teased in earlier, like Thor 2 or Thor 1, uh, was teasing that and has been for a while. And I think even in Spider Man 2. No way yeah. Home. yeah. Jake Gyllenhaal said that exact number somehow. Yeah. Uh, maybe it's just said, I don't know. So uh, from that respect, we get the Illuminati now coming in. And obviously we saw uh, Professor X or we had the tease uh, that he was there. So that's cool. We knew that was coming in. Do you think, though, the Captain Carter one, the reveal, if we did not get that in that TV spot, would have been like an unreal moment? I would have loved that. I yeah. was pissed off when I saw that. I yeah. wasn't watching TV. I think I was watching the footy or something yeah. when that ad came on. I was just, and I said, why don't you just ruin the whole movie or something mm. to me, like to the TV? And my girlfriend looked at me kind of funny. But yeah, it was very, um, yeah, they just, again, giving too much away in a trailer. It sucks. Uh, and I think Feige was annoyed at that too. And I feel like they're getting to that week and maybe ticket sales weren't amazing. And they're like, stuff it. We're throwing this in. Like, we'll just throw this shot. Um, yeah. Cause yeah. then we get, uh, Monica Rambeau, um, as their miss, is there Captain Marvel from that universe? Mm-hmm. Uh, we get Black Bolt played by uh, the bloke who played it in the TV series. What was kind of cool? cool. Callback. I yeah, was I was sitting there wondering, like, is that the guy? Like, I never watched the show, but yeah. I couldn't. You know, he's not a big name actor, so it was hard yeah. to tell. Well, I think he's the lead in one of the Star Trek shows that's currently out. Oh, okay. So he's he's in that. Um, then we get Baron Mordo as the Sorcerer Supreme from that universe, and then the big one that we, we yeah go. Before we go to the big one, Baron Mordo, yeah. what did you think of how they used him in this? Because obviously we haven't seen him since the end of the first Doctor Strange film. Yeah, They brought him back as an alternate version of him. Do you think, you know, short change, we're not getting actual Mordo? Or... Um, I don't know, Jack. Did you hear the rumours that, and this was after the reshoots, that apparently at the start he was going to be like the first one killed off in this whole movie? Like Wanda was going, like they show. Uh, I heard rumors that the first scene was going to be Wanda and this might've tied into the fact of us seeing that she was a villain a bit earlier that she killed him very early on because she was trying to take magical powers or something, or she was going to find out about the dark hold and she killed him very early on. And I'm guessing they removed that because they're going to use his character later down the line. I heard that. Um, but I thought the way they used him in this movie was interesting because it still pushes that dynamic that they both hate each other essentially. It's like a familiar mm, face. They're just yeah. almost reminding people. It's like, oh, remember this guy? He's still around in a way, kind of. Yeah. But I still would have loved to have seen his original, you know, his, what he was. He was set up at the very end credits of the original Doctor Strange, and I would have loved to have seen where that story headed. So we clearly have to wait for number three now. Is is that, again, the thing of the classic, um, like, we've got Chiwetel Ejiofor, who's a big-name actor, and we've signed him on, so we've got to find a role for him, but we kind of don't need his character now of where the multiverse and the, and maybe he'll come back in the third one, but we don't right, kind of need him now. Because I think there was rumours that he yeah. was going to show up in Chang-Chi in the, um, uh, in the cage fights. That was the rumours, and I think they must have just used Wong instead to tie that sort of universe together. Um, yeah, he could definitely pop up in like the end of one as like, you know, if there's another magic-based film, he could pop yeah. up in the end credits and, like, kill the bad guy off that one or yeah. something. And so he could he could pop up not in this film. Yeah. He could show up around the place. But anyway. Um, so then, obviously, we, we've gone through all of the characters of the Illuminati and then we get the Mr. Fantastic reveal. Well, we all thought he's a key member of the Illuminati and it is John Krasinski. Um, How good. How good that they actually landed this. This actually, I accidentally spoiled this for myself. Same here, before. yeah. Because I saw Reed Richards trending and I thought, oh, maybe they'll cast him for the movie. Yeah. And then, bloody, bloody, they went and spoiled it. But no, he uh, he looks 
even more the part than the internet thought he did. I reckon he fits in quite well. So my thoughts on this, because we've all we've casted our Fantastic Four previously. I think this is their one time they're using him. If I'm being perfectly honest, and I think yeah, I reckon you're right. And I think this is more Kevin Feige, Jad's. Uh, we'll, when he puts his headphones in, sorry, um, Jad's. We're just saying this is. I think it's the one time that they're using John Krasinski as Mr. Fantastic now, and they've sort of leaned into the fan casting. They've shut everyone up. They've done the moment, and then we're going to get the announcement in the next couple of weeks of who they've actually cast. And I still think, though, when we talk about the end of this movie, he will still play him at another time when they do some incursion stuff or something, that that will be... But I don't think he wants to sign on for multiple movies, and I feel like this character is going to be a key one over the next 10, 15 years, and he's got a lot of other projects he wants to do. So I think this is his nod. Um, If you agree with that, give me a nod, but that's my thoughts. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. he's on his way now. He's got lots of stuff doing. He's apparently Jack Ryan, you know, season season four, whatever's going ahead. So he's a busy man. So I understand, but we got to see him, and we got our prediction, man, or our our dream list. So I'm always happy. Yeah. I thought, I thought it was pretty... I mean, they didn't really do much with him, really. He's no. there as a speaking role. Like, yeah. he doesn't do any... Like, I was disappointed by the lack of stretching that he did. Yeah. Like, he briefly did his hero landing or whatever, and that was about it before he got turned into a bigger stringer. But yeah. he's, there to, he's there to talk. But I did, I did think it was, it was quite... I mean, have we seen a Marvel movie where they've kind of teased a character like that yeah. so obviously? Like... They're basically saying he's a character from the Fantastic Four. We've never mentioned the Fantastic Four in this universe before. So if you don't know who they are, you're kind of screwed. And we've got a movie coming out in three years or whatever. But yeah, it seems like a him and Xavier, I guess, pretty big deal. I think that's, for me, the most major part is they're just throwing him in there. And I think it just shows too that I, I think it's really interesting looking at that 838 universe is how different it is because of certain major elements didn't happen. And that's why I'm guessing they thought Wanda was just not a threat. Um, and I think there's there's something towards that, and I don't know if your opinions on that are different, but they're, they're just maybe mutants and the Fantastic Four are just out in that universe pretty simply, and that's just it. So maybe that's how they're going to yeah, do they our ones. <laughs> they don't ever say the word mutant in the film, no. do they? They're just, kinda, they're just like, you know who this is. No. Yeah. I think, again, mm. this sort of plays into the whole impenetrability of the film where it's like if you don't know who these people are this these cameos aren't going to mean anything to you no like even black black bolt is a stretch for like probably a, a lot of marvel fans yeah so it could have just been other like heroes we already knew but with different actors and that would have been the novelty of it but they've gone with entirely different characters that we haven't been introduced yet so i think that's while it's a good like gasp moment i don't think it's necessarily one that like like these could have been very easily been different characters, whereas in No Way Home, it was like, no, no, you had to have the other Spider-Man for this specific plot to play yeah. out. Whereas mm-hmm. I think this, while it's cool and all, and a novelty, mm-hmm. is kind of not really important to the plot no. yet. I think it will be, but it's like they introduced a whole new concept, this incursion concept in that sequence mm-hmm. that could have been introduced in the later film. Yeah. But we get it now just for the, I think, for the sake of the cameos. Um, yeah, and just uh, killed it off just like that, literally. And I think How good was that though? I love I love that sort of stuff. It's like the Deadpool two stuff where they're like, We think we're getting a team and they're done in two minutes. I couldn't I thought pardon me, that was the best because I had a real sneaking suspicion again. I was like, Are these guys going to the, be the bad guys? And I was kinda hoping that they didn't like I guess they're not great people either, but because the Illuminati never are. But 
it was like, I'm kind of good. Like you said, their biggest string is they're destroyed. It was a cool fight for three minutes and then they're gone and we're it back was, on. It was so gory, like Mr. Fantastic turning in sp- into spaghetti. Essentially, yeah. Black like, Head exploding. Oh. Peggy Carter getting cut in half with her own shield dripping in blood yeah. and Professor X's neck just getting snapped. Yeah. I was like, wow, if kids are in the audience thinking this is going to be a cute superhero film, they are leaving. Well, that's yeah. what, pretty bad. I think that's the best part of it, though, is how many Marvel movies have we seen, say, Peggy Cut, like that same sort of thing idea that the shield's thrown and then you would have just seen, like you would have heard something, but you wouldn't have gone, oh, she's dead. She dead. Like Black Bolt's head, you see it explode. It's not like you hear an explosion after the fact. No, you see it. So, um, But I, I love the fact that, that – yeah, no, you go, Con, sorry. This is sort of the turning point where it starts to get into that way more Sam Raimi, like yeah. Evil Dead yes. horror vibe. Yeah. Like yeah. after this, you get the sort of blood soaked wander doing the carry thing, yeah. or the grudge thing, yeah. just crawling yeah. after people. So yeah, it starts to get darker from there. I, I also love this because I think the Illuminati always are the uh, they're the cocky ones. They're like, we can solve this. We've got this. Your wander's nothing because our wander in our universe. Nothing essentially happened to her that happened in our universe. So we're just going to dispatch of her pretty quickly. This is not a problem. And that's sort of their downfall. And is, like they say, is their downfall in a lot of things. So, um, And Mr. Fantastic is the smartest man, but also the dumbest man too. So, um, yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, then it sort of gets back to – then after that, it's, it's like a pretty big detour for the film. Yeah. After that, it just goes back to Wonder and Strange drama. Yeah. And then we get them oh. sort of, yeah, he goes into another universe. And, and, and this is where it sort of gets lost. And I don't know if we talk about it too much now, just because I feel like... Just quickly. Yeah, yeah I feel like it's more just, it's just sort of thrown around that now we're back on a chase. And now they're stuck in different universes. And she obviously gets America Chavez. And I love in movies where it feels like I can take your powers right now, Jack, in 15 seconds. But now we're in different areas it's going to take me hours to get it and I have to wait. Like, when I get it, it's it's an action movie and that temple stuff's cool and how it works out and stuff like that. But, uh, yeah, and then he would dream walks and I thought it was a cool way of using that zombie in the end, um, the other dead Doctor Stranger. I thought that might have been the bad guys and they'd, by moving universes you create zombies. But I thought that was actually a cool Sam Raimi way of doing it and the final battle was probably over quicker than I thought. And did you guys like the music scene? That that was unexpected. I don't know what. I, I, I think I kind of want to. Yeah, I kind of want to watch that again because I was a bit like, "Is this actually happening? Like, how yeah. far are they going with this?" And they kept. They it goes for a little while. It's definitely unique. Yeah, I think that's. I think that's one of the best things about this is that the visuals. Like I think I said this again, but like the stuff he's doing is actually magical. Like yeah. you know, he's shooting snakes yeah. out of his arms and he's yeah. giant sword blades. Like he's actually doing stuff that feels magic, except for in a certain like. There's random circumstances where they kind of just forget he's a wizard. It's yeah. like when they're running away from Wanda in that tunnel. It's like they're just running and closing doors on her, which is like, yeah. It's like, what do you mean? Like, you yeah. can fly. You have a, cl- a cloak that could fly. You could do a spell or something. Why are you just running? So, yeah. again, I think it's like they don't entirely know what to do with him sometimes. Yeah. And it's, yeah, I just uh, wanted to create that tension, I suppose. And that music scene, too. I feel like they were just pulling ideas from a hat in the studio. Feige was just like, let's just mix it up. Let's just do something with music. But it just, it just, was weird. I think that's all Raimi. Yeah. I think that's yeah. also the problem of having two, two Doctor yeah. Strange fight each other again. Just feels like Iron Man 1 again and feels like another, like we've got that before. So giving it like another reason to have this fight by doing this random music stuff sort of probably makes you forget that it's just Doctor Strange fighting himself again. Like sort of just paper, it papers over the cracks 
of what this fight actually is. Um, so it, in the end, obviously, we'll move through this quick because I think this was actually good. There's a lot to talk about. Um, so, yeah, it's it, it's a good movie. And I think the end, and then we get this incursion stuff they talk about. Wanda doesn't die, obviously. She gets destroyed in the rubble and Chavez is fine and they chat about it and life's good and she's training to be a wizard now to control her powers and she'll come back in some young Avengers or something. Um, whenever the MacGuffins need it again, uh, it'll be like the inf- she'll turn into an Infinity Stone essentially in that uh, Secret Wars, what they're going to do at some point. But, yeah. Speaking of MacGuffins, how the one thing that really annoyed me with this movie is this whole Book of Vishanti thing. Yeah. They've been ch- they ch- spend two-thirds of the movie chasing. They get it, it's immediately destroyed, right? Yeah. yeah. Like, it's... It's just like a concept they didn't need to have. I think the whole movie could have been just like a chase film. Yeah. Where it's essentially strange in America running away from wander through dimensions. Yeah. And, you know, along the way, it's strange teaching her how to control the powers or something yeah. like that, where it's actually you're developing the characters, not just like, oh, we're looking for a book, you know, which it doesn't yeah. turn out to be important whatsoever. Yeah. So it's just like it did, it did feel a bit unfulfilling in the in the end where strange is like you know i've come to tell you i trust you and it's like that you haven't built that no. really at all throughout the film so i think mm. that it's just they need to concentrate a little bit more on characters in some of these in some of these circumstances yeah. which they have been doing better in recent times but especially in this film i think it needed mm. to be more about the relationships is, is this just the like we've got one book that's bad so we need another book and i'm sure the book of ashanti is in the comics so it's like we're going to be quite literal with what we're copying but like you said sometimes to get onto film it does not a hundred percent reciprocate i get it in a comic it's like we've got two books we're going to get to who can get there first or one's already like one destroys the other but right now yeah i kind of agree with you i would have i think we didn't get enough universes and I think, I'd, again, I don't know how across, I've just been watching a lot of videos on the um, Secret Wars stuff, is I feel like what's going to happen is now the 838 universe will incur, like there'll be the incursion with the 616, and that's what it's going to be, is because now in that universe, it's still alive and working. The whole Illuminati has been destroyed. So someone's going to come after these guys now of why, and I'm sure someone's going to come after Wanda because she killed them all. Um, when you think about it like that, I feel like that might be what happens in later movies is these people, instead of 616 goes to them, I feel like that universe is going to be the ones that are going to attack this one because they destroyed them. So, if that makes sense? Yep. Yeah. That's just me like sort it. of hy- hypothetically going. Is But, like, in the end, the whole of Fantastic Four and X-Men, their leaders have been killed. So, what are they going to do? They're going to come and, ha- like, hunt them down and why? Like, yeah. Yeah. That's something with the Marvel movies at the moment, actually, is that there's no clear path. Like, everyone Correct. seems to be building mm-hmm. up to a different big threat, you know what I mean? Like, uh, Eternals mm-hmm. built up to the Celestials. You know, that's the yeah. big end, the end credit scene. Shang-Chi, is, they tease that the rings are from somewhere, not yeah. from Earth, somewhere very far away. Um, Loki is setting up the Kang of it all. Yeah. And everything. So, it, it feels like mm-hmm. there's too many threads. I think they just need to pick one and just sort of concentrate on that, like they did with Thanos. Like, they had him always mm. popping up in different places. Whereas here, it's a bit sort of like, you don't know what the next thing's going to be. Is this to your question, yeah. too, of, like, where the next part of the MCU is? Is this sort of what we were... This is what we got in Phase 1, though, is we had lots of really sort of different threads that then sort of came together, and maybe we are going to get another big Avengers movie where these guys aren't in, or we're going to get more... I don't know. I think, yeah, maybe it's them working out what they actually want to do or not. 
yeah. the threads combine. Yeah. yeah. Maybe the rings yeah, maybe the rings are from another yeah. alternate universe. Yes, I was thinking. Yeah, and then the Eternals, actually, yeah, or some shit, yeah. Yeah, it's probably all tied together somehow, but we're just still waiting for that all to come together. Yeah, I think that's the interesting part. Uh, now, obviously, we've hit an hour, guys and girls, so uh, we will have a quick chat about Moon Knight now. So in our short thoughts, one, uh, I was going to say WandaVision in the multiverse. No, Doctor Strange and Multiverse of Madness. I uh, don't know if it's madness, but it's a multiverse. That would be my sort of saying for it so yeah um moon knight conan take us away so episode six last week um as an overall uh i'm not going to rank them again because like i said i hate ranking things now from one to five but i think a solid six hours of television again yeah i reckon there was only really one episode for me that was a bit of a dud Uh, it was i think episode three where it kind of moved away from the actual relationship of mark and steven and that actual sort of character study and sort of you know, threw in a few extra characters that we only ever really got for one episode. But other than that, I think I found it really interesting. Like, the, the way they dragged out the mystery was really well done. Yeah. I like that you don't get all the answers straight away and you really don't up until sort of the end of yeah. the show. I think it has some mm, very it has some big ideas that it sort of let down just on a technical aspect. Yeah. Why? I think that some of the special effects in this show are some of the worst, potentially, yeah. I've seen in a Marvel thing in a, in a while, on, mm. which is unfortunate. Um, but I think Oscar Isaac is great, um, and I think I really like the the dynamic of Moon Knight as a character and his sort of battling relationships and everything like that. And there's a lot of you know stuff that's left open to interpretation, which is cool. You don't know what exactly what's real, what's not. And I think that's a, a good thing. You don't. We get a lot of superhero stuff that we just get all the answers immediately. Yeah. So for it to do something different is good. And the fact that it's we still like you said, don't know the answers to everything. Um, Jack, do you see like another actor would have been able to portray this as well as Oscar Isaac? Because I feel like him jumping between the different versions of uh, Moon Knight, he's just the actor that sort of you can see why they went for someone like him. Is that fair to say? Yeah, I do. I think it's one of those things. If someone replaced him, we'd be fine with it again yeah. in another multiverse. Yeah. But considering everything, I do think he's a fantastic actor and his British, British accent, I don't know. I came to like it in the yeah. end. But I, I, I think he did a good job. I, I feel like someone definitely else could have played this yeah. part very well, but he came, it was his own by the yeah. end of it. And I'm happy to see him continue this character if it does continue. I think my I like only, what they did. Oh, sorry. Yeah, go. Yeah. Oh, sorry. No, you go, Con. Sorry. They did, I, like, I like that they did give sort of a reason for the dodginess of the British accent. Yeah. It was something like they teased for a long yes. time as well. Like it was part of the character. So I like that they actually delivered that. And like they knew from the start it was going to be a criticism. Yeah. Like, no, no, we got well. you. Don't worry. Don't worry about it. Don't worry uh-huh. about it. Um, like a lot of these Marvel shows, I feel like, and, and t- tell me if I'm wrong, I want to get your opinion on this, boys, is I feel like the elements that they left in the episode five or the second to last episode, we sort of get a tease of what's going to happen. And there's always a, a character struggle moving into the final episode. Did this one feel rushed for you? Cause this is the shortest final episode of the, the longer formats, not one division. That was obviously a shorter uh, show, but I feel like this was, we, we got on the boat in the end of episode five, that in the sand or whatever. And then we turn around very quickly that did they need a, like, do they need another episode or did they, did it justify the ending of this coming in yes. uh, quickly? Like I did like it cause it was action again. It was like, we're on here. It's the finale. We're going, yeah. but, or did we need for a bit more time? Shows, for all these shows, I feel like they need at least eight episodes. So it feels, I think all these shows felt rushed. I think <laughs> two episodes would have done all, all of these a bit of a favor, including Moon Knight. Kind of. I reckon it only needed like 
maybe another 10 minutes. Yeah. I think it just, okay. I think, okay. I think the actual six episode run was fine. I think it was the only part that really disappointed me. It was right at the end. Like after they've saved the day or whatever, yeah. I think, and I think, I think again, I think why that sort of works is that there's not so many different story threads that have yeah. to cut, tie together. Like, like in Hawkeye, you know, you're not just tying up the Hawkeye story. You're tying up the Hawkeye, the Kate Bishop, yeah. the Yelena, the Echo, the Kingpin stuff, whereas five different things coming together. Yeah. This, you've really only got to sort out the one thing, the good guy yeah. and the bad guy. Um, but it's just that they don't, after that, it's pretty much like, cool, we're done, move yeah. on. And then th- then the end credit scene adds a little bit more to that. So I think they could have taken a little bit more time sort of figuring out where everyone stands after the fact of the big fight. Yeah. But I think the rest of the episode actually works out pretty well. I, to be honest, as the season ended, I would have loved to have seen like a montage of his day in the real world now. Not that like, he just gets out of bed and he slams his face on the ground, but I would have loved to have nearly seen him like go out the door again, go to work. How does he control his life changing? We might get that episode one of season two, but then have a moment where they black out again and you're like, oh, shit, okay, um, this is still going on. He hasn't – sort of what happened at the end of Doctor Strange where sort of something happened and you're like, oh, shit, we're on a cliffhanger, whereas yeah. I feel like if you didn't stay for the post-credits, well, some people don't know that they're going to be there. You don't know that a season two is viable because of this. Like, I feel like that was a, um, you know what I'm, I think you get what I mean there. I think it's, um, yeah, for a, for a show that spent so long building up this relationship and this illness, with yeah. this man, like, how does he live, come to terms of actually living with it and this yeah. other person in his head? That's a really good point, actually. I hadn't thought about that. Maybe we get um, that in season two, but yeah. Which which we don't know if it hasn't been announced yet, which is a new thing for a, a, Marvel, oh. a Marvel show. It'll happen, surely. I think it's done pretty well. Is this the typical think, Marvel though that it's going to, he might show up in something else first? In a movie, in a big surprise, you know, oh, everyone claps maybe, in the cinema because he maybe, comes up in Thor or something. Like maybe. a blade or something. But I also, yeah, I feel like he's very, he could be on his own for a couple of shows without coming across other people until we he gets an idea of his character. Because I feel like you wouldn't, if he was crossing over with something, you can't really have him phase out. Like he'd be a secondary character. Like, we wouldn't be looking from his perspective, whereas I feel like if he ever, got, yeah. They've got a bit more of his character to actually iron out, like yeah. especially with this, and spoilers again, yeah. this third personality that we now know is a thing. I think they need to sort of deal with that before they start throwing him in, unless they use him as like a just a chaotic element, you know, someone yeah. who goes to ask him for help and he just turns on him and they use that as a tease for more stuff. I will say that the, the only other criticism I have is that there wasn't actually a lot of Moon Knight in this show. Like, there wasn't a lot of action, which I think, it's why the sort of the last episode landed so well. It was like we actually got a cool, like a, a good portion of Moon Knight action, and it was yeah. actually really well. Like the hand to hand stuff was really well choreographed. So I wish we got a little bit more of that. I I love yeah the the changing between Moon Knight and Mister Knight when he has full control is really interesting, and the way it's shot is yeah. actually really cool too. And like you said, the hand to hand combat and uh, the uh, Scarlet Scar is that it. The Scarlet Scarab, the yeah. Scar- the, like that character's yeah, cool. Right. Obviously, we have to get her being um, a hero. What I thought worked out actually quite well, and that sort of fight scene was good. And I think the moment when I knew, oh shit, this isn't, this is still going to be a character that's going to have these problems, is when he does win. But it's because he blacks out again, and you're like, oh, okay, shit. I like, thought, here yeah, we go. It was very easy for that to seem like a cop out. Yeah, but the fact that they've sort of been seeding that over the entire run makes it actually kind of feel earned. Yeah. Um, what well, nails it in the end because I was like, oh shit, he's going to do it. And then you're like, no, he's not going to. And then boom, he's out again. What well, was cool. I'm actually really interested to see what the third costume is going to be because um, it's going to have to be a third one. Third? 
I reckon there has to be because you can't be oh, either yeah. of those. Like the, each personality will have his own costume. So when you think yeah. about it, yeah. I know Jackie looked no, tired. I'd, sorry. I'd like a season two, please, Marvel. If you if you'd be so kind. Yeah, I think Oscar yeah. Isaac's done enough here to to get himself one, and I think everyone loves it. Yep. And I think he himself would go. It's I th- imagine as an actor, you're playing like three characters. That's a cool. That that you're actually he's acting a, a lot. He's acting. There's a lot of these ones where you phone it in. He can't phone this in. He's acting with himself. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Uh, God, I think overall, though, super recommendation on this one. Love it. Loved it. I reckon top three Disney plus Marvel shows for me, yeah. I think. I don't know where best show yeah, of the year. but Maybe third. Yeah. Mm. Very enjoyable. I just think, and, and this is, again, the tier of it's a B to B plus show that yeah. – if I had four hours, I'd watch 100% and recommend to people. Um, so, yep. guys and girls, I think it's time for a quick show and tell because Jake looks like it's, he's about to fall asleep in class right now. Um, I know it's, it's busy. He's really busy today. He's plenty of rest. Have you had, have you had yeah, to deal with nap land, Jets? Uh, yeah, it's this week. So yeah. It was yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Yeah, I have. I've monitored some of it. Yeah. So, uh... My God, big it's days. tricky though. Like, oh. yeah, big days. Yeah, some of those questions. Like, good luck, kids. Yeah. yeah. Oh no. Um. So, mm. Jads, what have what have you seen this week? Um, I saw the Lost City with uh, Channing Tatum and Sandra Bullock. Yeah. And uh, Daniel Radcliffe playing the classic villain, very similar to now you see me too. Uh, but it's I just want to say it's like a really cute rom com, something that you haven't seen, and I haven't seen anything quite like it in like ten years. It's like Romance in the Stone, just like a really cute. Yeah, uh, you know, Escape in the Jungle movie. Um, Brad Pitt plays a has a bit of a cameo in it too. Um, that's quite funny. I think it's good. It's just like for a good like two hours for a bit of a laugh. Sandra Bullock has aged a day. I don't think since two weeks' notice in early two thousands. And Channing Tatum plays his uh, you know his twenty two Jump Street character, which is just kind of nice to see again. But no, I would say it, I wouldn't say go out to the cinemas and see it, but. I think if it's on Netflix, you guys would just be like, this is a good watch, you know, with, you know, girlfriend or partner and just have a laugh. Yeah. Or, or by myself. Um, so, or by yourself, yeah. whatever, whatever's good. Yeah, yeah. But no, it's cute. Uh, I would say just wait to a Netflix and you'll have a good time. Okay. Interesting. Uh, Colin, what have you seen this week? Anything? Uh, nothing really for me, actually. I've been playing Banjo-Kazooie again. Okay. I, uh, I pulled the trigger on the old Nintendo Switch online thing a while ago and you know they've got the 64 games on there now and I thought to myself I've never actually beaten Banjo-Kazooie so I busted it out and started really? to crack yeah. through it again and I'm I'm loving it. It's, it's you know it's, it's aged a bit you know the camera controls are a bit janky and some of the controls are a bit you know it's some of it can be a bit frustrating and whether that's my fault or the game's fault I can't tell but no I'm enjoying a good hit of nostalgia just a classic video Where game. Where are you but, now? Treasure Code uh, Grove? Oh, no, I'm way past that. I'm up to Gobi Desert. Manch. Or whatever oh, it is. Gobi, yeah. Gobi Desert. So I'm, yeah, I'm yeah. on the way. Yeah. But, yeah, um, other than that, no, it's been pretty pretty chill, my end. Oh, perfect. Um, I watched uh, Shaun of the Dead and Hot Fuzz because I want to go through the whole Cornetto trilogy again. But I feel like I always watch these two and then forget to watch uh, World's End. Because, but I, I feel that's underrated. Yeah, well, I think that's what I'm probably going to watch tonight after we finish this and uh, chuckle the stuff up because I, know, I need to watch Top Gun. Because of everything that's been going on, everyone's saying it. But I feel like Need World's End, like you said, Con, underrated. Because Hot Fuzz again, I watched it on Friday night. Unbelievable. It's still the best. Still, I think there's some sort of movies. And you know what? Have we done an episode, Jads, on like our nostalgia stuff or just our movie? Like if you had to meet someone new, what are your movies you're going to show someone? 
So five movies. Yeah, one this of the movies that explain you. you. Yeah, and why you love them. And you know what? Maybe maybe in the next couple of weeks. Idea. Yeah, because yeah. I do that. Yeah. Add that like, to the list. Because uh, people always ask you, like, what's and your if five... if you don't like them, I break up with you. Yeah, yeah. but if you, if you have five movies that you love, they're not the five best movies of the world ever, but these five movies that you watch at certain yeah. times and, and reason why. So, you know what? Maybe that could be next week's episode if there's not much... I like it. Yeah. Um, TV shows I think everyone has the same or not has the same but it's always our oh, friends or these sort of things but I think movies let's go top five because there's that trend on TikTok that says seven uh, with the seven uh, what's it um, Scott Pilgrim there's that got to defeat your seven evil exes or whatever so people uh-huh. say these these are my seven movies you have to love so maybe we'll do five or seven or whatever and um, that Hot Fuzz is one of mine just okay. I, I can quote that whole thing I laugh I, I cry the action at the end just gets me every time and, and the story around why the first time I watched it's good too so I'll leave that for next week but that trilogy yeah. is still so severely underrated and something that I can't wait to show my kids or something down the line like this is a funny movie in 2007 or whatever so I know you gave me a look Jad, but films. it's the same with the MCU like I actually feel bad for us now because our kids in 15 years are going to have to watch 70 things to get up to date <laughs> and you're going to have to you're going to have to say and we're going to have to say to little little Billy like you can't watch the new movie because <laughs> you have to me. go back. No, but you have to go back and watch like days worth of content to know what's happening. Like you're gonna have to. Shit. Like when you think no, about but it, then there'll yeah. be a, they'll, they'll have rebooted the MCU by that point. Yeah. There'll be a whole other one that they don't have to watch anything else with. They'll start again. Yeah, imagine that. But no, that's 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 thoughts I stupidly have. Um. So yeah, actually, we never talked about. Sorry, I'm just now thinking. But we never talked about the concept of dreams. Are you in another mo- in another multiverse? Sorry, I'm I'm diverting it is, back it's off. Very, it, it's a very deep thought. Yeah, for a Marvel movie to introduce. But I thought it was a really interesting way because now everyone's going back and looking at well, different people are still alive in certain things and, and reason. I thought it was a really interesting concept. I think they just didn't explain it. Or like they no. went. They, there are a few moments in the movie where they just go full exposition, and that's one of them where they're literally just telling you about this thing rather than sort of you know teasing it out a little bit yeah. bit by bit. So you know, whatever. Mm. Uh, my multiversal yeah. self has fallen off, fallen off a lot of cliffs. Yeah, my multiversal oh, self just like goes to work and forgets stuff, which stresses me out. Yeah, mine. It's really depressing. Somewhere in the world, <laughs> what do you I'm do, Will? Yeah, married to Dua Lipa and. Hey. <laughs> Scarlett Johansson, that's where it's at. So if I can move to Earth 726, uh, we will be all happy people. Um, but no, so uh, do, we, do we think we spoke enough about the question of the week, Con, or you want to just say quickly, what do you want from the MCU in the next 10 years? See, I kind of want it to go a bit more in the direction of being the bits and pieces to be relatively self-contained. Yeah. I like, I think it's, better not just for film goers but for the films itself because i think at a certain point you need to be able to watch these things you know some people aren't going to be able to watch all of these films some people are going to only see bits and pieces and i think it's better to have a start middle and end for a film than sort of just sort of nothing really happens in the long run i think i think we need to as much as the scale can potentially keep getting bigger i think you still have to keep it relatively you know don't throw too much in there yeah i think Chads, I, I would say spot on. You've taken the words out of my mouth. I agree, but there's something, you know, I'd still love, you know, another team up from all the TV shows and all the films you oh, know, going don't, up don't to the same point. But... 
Yeah, we we still want the Avengers that. film or something, but like drip feed it to us, you know, make us want it, make us earn that film, you know, don't give us like every film being a massive crossover. I think like the no. Spider Man one, the Spider Man, uh, No Way Home, Far From Home, Far from No Way Home, um, No Way Home, damn it, um, like that was pretty big <laughs> in scope, but it's still you know relatively self contained because it's about Spider Man. Yeah, yeah. Doctor Strange pops up at some point, mm-hmm. but he's you know he's only yeah. there to basically serve a purpose. Whereas, you know, Doctor Strange is a bit more, he's a two or three characters. Yeah. They're all doing their own thing and they're all, they're all got separate sort of plot lines going on. So I think it's, there's ways to have a big film with a lot of cameos and stuff, but still service the characters first and still yeah. be an easy watch from start to finish. I think you've nailed it. The first thing of a movie has got to have a start, middle and end that people enjoy. So, or yeah. you don't have to watch 35 movies. So yeah, I think that's nailed it on guys. Um, that's the end of this week's episode. Good to be back. And next week we'll do we'll go through our five movies that def- five movies that define us. Is that movies, TV shows, games? I reckon let's yeah. mix it up. Yeah, yeah. 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 Five, five, and there's five also th- um, yeah content. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There's just a special guest I want to bring on as well as I've mentioned to you guys oh. too. Um, a bit of uh, Paper Patriot um, that. Uh, He'll come on in a few episodes. Oh, cool. Perfect. We'll plan. We'll scheme. We'll plan. We'll scheme something together. Yeah. Uh, Jads, where can we find you? Uh, Jackie Boys 22, as you can see through the video, and more TikToks to come. Yeah. Uh, hey, good, we're going to We're just going to have – you have to just put the Lizzo song on, underneath, Jads, and then remove all the <sighs> sound. And Well, you get me dancing to it because it's the only thing in my head right now. It's um, annoying me. Uh, yeah, my Connor. name is Jinky, 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 Jinky. Yeah. Connor, where can we find you? No, at C W J Y, on Twitter and Instagram. Um, and me at Will B Cuts and Screen underscore Blend on all the uh, done socials. But uh, boys, I think an excellent episode. I love when a new movie comes out that gets us thinking. And we, and we have a nice broad discussion. About, yeah, you know, very film critique of us. No, I really, cool. I really enjoyed that, guys, and hopefully you did too. too. Um, so yeah, we'll see you guys next week. Bye bye. Bye bye. See ya.